been a day for me. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I remember syrup sandwiches and crumb allowance. Alright guys, welcome to episode three of the Triple Play Podcast. I am Mike, joined by Matt and Ryan. After a week off, we had a bye week, but there's scheduling conflicts and we are in three separate states. So what's up guys? How's it going? How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. Um, all right, so two weeks, that means we have extra content. Um, I found a lot of interesting stats. We got a lot of interesting stories, and we're going to try to pack it into no more than 45 minutes. All right, so first thing I want to bring up is, did you guys see, because I know people make a big deal about this, all-star uniforms. Thoughts? Ugly. Ugly? I think they're hideous. I, I yeah. hate those colors. Yeah. Oh. It's probably the worst color combination in all professional sports. Well, honestly, I've always thought National League, I just think of them as, uh, like, blue, and I think of American League as red for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why they're switching. It's weird, too, because if you look at them, it looks like the change from the Marlins uniform when they were the Miami Marlins. And oh, now yeah. They're or the Florida Marlins, excuse me, is the American, and now the Miami Marlins looks like the National. I'm not really sure what they're doing with the color scheme. And the socks, too. Uh, I hope those are optional because I would never wear those. I mean, it doesn't matter because if you're a professional baseball player, you better have your pants down. <laughs> no, stirrups. Those look like they would be good. No, high, high socks, man. Old school. Gosh, three people in three <laughs> different ways. No way. I'm... I'm my generation, you pull your pants leg over the bottom of your cleats. I I just I get I, I see people I saw I mean Bryce Harper I've seen him trip and almost like injure his knee because he put him too low. I don't get it. He's just clumsy, I guess. He's done he's done it all three ways it seems like though. Um, but yeah, so that was the first thing just to get that out of the way, and then something that happened way earlier I think almost two weeks ago now. The Angels won on a suicide squeeze. I thought that's the most awesome thing in the last two weeks that I've seen. First of all, it takes balls. Oh, I love yeah. it. That's one of my favorite plays. It's always an exciting play. It's tough for the third base coach to call it, but he looks like a genius when they pull it off. <laughs> he looks like a genius when they pull it off. If they don't, they're just like, you are fired. <laughs> You've just cost us the game. <laughs> it's like, well, I forget who... Go ahead. I was just going to say my first coaching gig I had, we won two games, and one of them was the last game of the season, and we won because I called a suicide squeeze when we got a guy on third base. Tell me that that Ryan literally just brought that up and (laughs) is not saying how many losses they had. They were probably like 2 and 15. No, it was like we were 2 and 8. I think we played 10 games. We were 2 and (gasps) 8. We were awful, but we were playing way out of our league, like we were playing grown men, and we had little puny boys. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't the coaching that was costing you? No, I think I did great coaching job. <laughs> I had, like, two signs. It was like, touch my belt, you butt. Touch my hat, you steal. No, <laughs> no keys. <laughs> you know what would be funny if Ryan just said, like, touched his nose, and the kid's just going, like, uh, I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> if I touch my nose, they just throw up their arms, like, that's not a sign. <laughs> When did we go over this? No take sign, Ry. You weren't giving kids the take sign on 3-2? No, they knew. 
If it was 3-0, they're taking it. No, well, Ryan, if he gave him the green light, would literally just mo just literally mimic a swing. Yeah. Like, yeah, just go for it. <laughs> Look at him, hit the ball. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I guess uh, that's why I had to retire early from coaching. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank goodness. Uh, but <laughs> something that jumped out at me this week was uh, I saw highlights of the brawl between the Twins and the Tigers. Uh, Jacoby Jones, a young outfielder for the Tigers, got hit in the face by a fastball and had to be hospitalized. But then the Tigers retaliated by throwing behind Miguel Sano, and Sano lost his mind about it. I mean, it's never fun to be thrown at, but he lost his mind about it and then ended up turning and punching the catcher when the catcher tried to hold him back. He punched the catcher in the mask. Which is probably the dumbest thing you can do. I'm still waiting for something to come out about a broken hand. You can't, you just can't punch someone in the mask. Broken fist for punching yeah. catcher in the face. Uh, well, I didn't see the brawl. I just got the update about it. But <laughs> I didn't know he punched him in the mask. Uh, that's amazing. Well, I got the update about it, and I was like, wait, what? He punched the catcher? Always go for the pitcher. They're the weakest person out there. Chill, bro. You you saw me on the club baseball mound. People were scared out there. I'll stand by my statement. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, uh, <clears throat> speaking of a statement, uh, Aaron Judge, a.k.a. The Judge, uh, off to a decent start, hit a 457-foot bomb. That's not really the thing I want to talk about. If you guys have one, maybe you don't. I don't know. Do you have a favorite Aaron Judge pun that you've heard. Woods, do you have one? Well, there. To go along with what Mike's saying, there's uh, the announcer on uh, the radio for the Yankees and for TV. Both do in-depth calls. So, for instance, when Alex Rodriguez with Homer, with Homer, it was uh, an A bomb by A Rod. They do catchphrases like that, and he switches it up for Judge. He still hasn't gotten comfortable, but. I like the judge sla has slammed his gavel. Okay. I was so thinking, like, gavel power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw the uh, what made me pull the story was the fact that I think the headline was the judge's appeal. <laughs> um, I guess that works. I, I guess if it's your appeal to a pitch, I don't know. Uh, Honest, honestly, when I, like, wanted to start talking about him more and blow him up, I was, like, thinking about all these things, and I was loving it. And then now that I actually see him happening, I'm so tired of him already. <laughs> uh, it, it was a quick up-and-down turn, and now I'm just over it already, and it's a few weeks into the season. Uh, well, uh, I think both of our teams, speaking of, uh, the Yankees are, what, 11-7? Uh, I want to say they're eleven and seven. The Nationals are, I think, about to be thirteen and five. So, eleven and seven doesn't feel good for how the Yankees shrunk together that seven-game win streak. It feels like they should be much better than that. But I'm just saying, good vibes on the podcast. Yeah, we're all, we're all happy so far. No doubt. And uh, I'm happy because Ryan's pick for MVP is actually happening, and and I, mean, I think I, for, I'm just a good luck charm, I guess. I mean, it's more of me just not trying to jinx him. I think he yeah. might have just gotten hurt, actually. Yeah, sh shut up. <laughs> Don't you scare me like that. Um, 
Speaking of hurt, uh, David Price, watch. He's doing bullpen Monday, if anybody cares. I know uh, Red Sox fans want to see their however many millions investment they they want to see that pay off. Yeah. So, uh, the lefty is doing throwing a bullpen on Monday, if anybody cares. Um, well, I just, for his sake and for their long-term season success, which I hope is not much, <laughs> Um, I just hope they don't try to rush him back. Like, there's no need. They have firepower on offense. They have a good defense. Don't rush him back. Don't be dumb. Like, that's my biggest problem with pretty much all professional sports these days is their teams rushing players back, and then they'll never be the same ever again. Mm-hmm. If you don't fully recover and you come back, then you will never be the same ever in your career. Yeah. yeah, and what's the difference with him missing, you know, two or three more starts, but you have him for the length of the season? I think another thing to think about, too, is if they rest him, not rest, but if they take their time bringing him back, they might be able to squeeze two or three extra starts out of him if they're in a pennant race and want to pitch him on three or four days rest to try and scrap together extra wins. Right. And his recovery will be better if he's completely healthy. Uh, Well... Speaking speaking of not being healthy for a pitcher, uh-huh. y'all saw Madison Bumgarner. Yep, and got I... hurt on a dirt bike. Dude, like, he's the hick hick injury. Like the guy is just all, I I don't want to say awesome for injuring himself on a dirt bike, but he just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> if, if you're riding dirt bikes dirt bikes hard, make it be the off season. Yeah, I mean that is dumb. Season. That is pretty um, dumb. I'm actually really surprised that there's not something in his contract where he's not allowed to ride dirt bikes. Because I know players in the past, I forget who it was, but there was a couple players who had an injury history with uh, playing basketball during the season. And they had clauses in their contract that said if they got injured for basketball, they would not be paid while they were out for the injury. So Well, he doesn't have injury history. This is the first time he's been on the DL in his entire yeah. career. Yep. And to do it over something stupid like that, that's insane. So now he's going to miss approximately two months? Yeah. That's huge, more. man. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? I had something stupid that I also wanted to get to. Uh, did you all see Puig? What he did? I did not. He pulled, kind of, you know how we always say Manny being Manny? Yeah. Yeah. Well, two outs, well, one out, I should say. Ball hit to right field. He catches it and turns around swiftly and throws into the stands. Um, luckily, there was nobody on, so he didn't have a, uh, who was it, a Milton Bradley moment. But, <laughs> yeah, Puig just, you know. We, ca- we, can honestly, we can honestly start saying Puig being Puig. Yeah, yeah, yes, and it you'll. would fit just as well. Yeah, um, yeah, Puig being Puig works. The other day, I saw him catch the ball and he tried to give the ball to a fan. And it was this little kid, puts the ball in his glove. Kid drops it, goes back. All right, puts the ball in the kid's glove again. He drops it again. He goes up for the third time and like claps the ball into the glove. Like, hold on to this, you little kid. I'm trying to go to the dugout. It's funny you say that, Ryan, because 
I was watching the Yankees game the other day, and they showed three or four times highlights of McCutcheon threw a ball to a fan, and then the fan threw it back on the field. So McCutcheon proceeded to pick the ball up and throw it in the river. <laughs> <laughs> I give you one shot. That's all you get. Okay. Yeah. It's to the fishies now. Uh, uh, well, uh, do you guys know that uh, this is from the random department? And I saw this, and I think it's hilarious. Adam, uh, how do you say his last name? Rosales? Yeah. Uh, has... The top has eight of the top ten fastest home run trots. It's amazing. This guy hits a home run and he just books it, which I kind of like. Yeah, looking at his speed too, like I've seen him hit a home run. He does run hard, but the speed that he's (laughs) rounding the bases, if any of us were to try to run it close to as fast as he is, we would get absolutely dusted. Yeah, Yeah. because I I was thinking of it. It was like 16 seconds. I'm like, that's four seconds per base bath. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's 130 yards. So it's l- longer than a football field with H end zone. People don't get that. And you're turning. Yeah. So which, like... Yeah, which takes sub, your angle. A sub-16, 130 yards, if you think about it that way, is fast. Like, for something that you could basically walk, like, what was David Poppy's, like, Four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was it? what happened in college? Uh, our old roommate John, he <laughs> he almost got me by saying D Gordon made it from I think first to home, and he he threw out a ridiculous number. It was like six seconds. Yeah. And <laughs> I like thought I had I was like thinking about it. I'm like one, two, three. No. Freaking way! Like I was just like, get out! And he was pretty convincing until I realized that it's almost impossible to do that. Yeah, yeah. no, it definitely is impossible. Uh, All right, so another thing that I saw this week: there's a guy that I closely follow that I told the guys prior to us doing the podcast today, and it's Joey Gallo. Just because I remember when he came up late in the season two years ago, there was a ton of hype about him. Uh, and one of the segments that they talked in depth about was how he was Bryce Harper's teammate in Little League, which is crazy. I can't imagine pitching to either of those guys in Little League, much less having to pitch to a team where both are on the team. But he came up, he batted like 190, had a ton of strikeout problems, and then spent most of the last season in the minor leagues. And right now he has five home runs and 11 RBIs. I mean, growth. He's always been a huge home run hitter. We'll see if he can get his average up. But it's just cool to see a guy who probably got brought up a little too early now having some success. Yeah, I we talked about this when he got called up, and I was excited. I was, like, ready to see him. And then you were like, it's too early. I was like, I don't care. I want to see him. <laughs> and he had a couple huge bombs just like he's doing this season. Like, when he hits a home run, every one of them is a no-doubter. Every one of them. And so I was ready to see that, and you were just like, all right, but I, I'm not sure. And he's kind of – it's kind of like Aaron Judge. It's like they just need the time and put the work in, and right now it's looking really good for both of them. So hopefully for both of them it continues. And I think the thing like you're saying, right, the thing that's great for young players is it's just like any other sport. Having some success early often leads to a nice career because – you anytime you get hit a little bit of a rut, you think, "Hey, I can do this. I've done it before, and I just gotta focus, and I can get back to that spot." So it's and good it's to what see. I've 
it's what I've said before, like being up there on opening day and not having to like think you have to earn it or think you have to prove it, but like getting the confidence from your manager from the very beginning. I feel like that's such a big deal. That it, yep. I literally was zoning out during what you uh, were talking about. <laughs> so uh, I was looking at all the stuff we are trying to cover. Um, Ryan, I know that uh, you saw something about Patrick Mahomes, who Mike knows a little bit about from uh, NFL Network, but do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so I was watching like the All-Star Challenge, random thing that they just get a bunch of seniors from the different schools and they do like a skills competition. And Patrick Mahomes was one of the quarterbacks in it and they brought it up that at the combine this year, so he threw 60 miles per hour of football and it's tied for the fastest time. What connects this back to us is out of high school, Patrick Mahomes was drafting the MLB draft and he decided to go and take the scholarship at Texas Tech to play football instead. But, wow, throwing a football 60 miles per hour? Imagine how fast he threw that baseball. Well, well, to, to actually add on to that, it's funny because I do have um, – I do work at NFL Media, so they actually had him – in the building or they took him outside they got a radar gun because they saw him do this at the combine and david carr uh was out there with him in a suit trying to match him so like david carr threw it like 53 mahomes throws it like 57 and then he's like warming up and then he guns one super inaccurate but it hit 62 on the gun so uh he does have a arm that is for sure now i just wanted to see him throw a baseball uh, there is actually a. I know we are football fans, so we've seen the Gruden's QB camp. Yeah. They brought up his uh, pitching highlights from high school. Oh really? Yeah, looked like he uh, threw a n- nasty fastball. If he can, if you could think about it, you, you're holding a football, and Woods, I feel like you said something like this. Basically, if you can get your hand around something, it's just the ability to grip something. That allows you to throw it. So if he can grip a football and throw it 62 miles per hour, I can only imagine his big ass hands on a baseball. Yeah, that's crazy. That um, is a heater. So Ichiro had his last, most likely last plate appearance in Seattle, and this is why I love baseball. Well, one of the many reasons, but Ichiro gives up the bat for his last pet appearance, and he hits a home run. I just yeah, thought that, that was Yeah, that amazing. was pretty awesome. It was just a great moment. Like, everyone knows Ichiro doesn't hit too many home runs. It was like 2% of all of his hits in his whole career have been home runs. And Dude. he gets up there, and it's almost like the Derek Jeter 3,000 hit moment. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, when I saw that, I didn't obviously see it when it happened, but I saw the highlight. And first of all, I didn't realize how old. I, I knew he was old, but I knew he was 43. Uh, but I've always heard that he has, like, actually really good pop. He just doesn't He just doesn't use it. Well, yeah, his thing was he cared more about getting, getting a base. hit. He said he could hit 40 home runs in a season, no problem. But he would only bat, like, 250. Yeah. So he decided to bat three thirty instead of two fifty that he he thought it was more important. So basically he 
his whole career has been Moneyball to himself. Smart guy. It's crazy like you're saying, Rise. I went to, oh gosh, what stadium was it? I think it was Camden Yards where I was at BP with my dad and we're standing there and we're watching some of, it was back in the day, so the Orioles, Rafael Palmeiro, um, got Cal Ripken, I think was still on the team at that point, guys like that. But we're watching Palmero just amazed at how much pop that guy had. Ended up being a steroid user, but we were impressed with how much pop he had. And this one guy standing near us said, I'm not going to lie to you, you're not even going to believe me, but Ichiro has some of the best BP I've ever seen. This hidden balls into the upper deck, this regularity, like absolute mammoth home runs, which is crazy. I mean, the guy's really slight, but yeah, he has pop. Woods, Rafael Palmero, no, he pointed at somebody and said, I've never. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I believed him. Um, <laughs> um, uh, speaking of um, speaking of unbelievable stuff, uh, Mookie Betts his streak was snapped. I'm pretty sure he got to 100 and I think 29 games without okay. a strikeout. Yeah. No, it's plate appearances. Oh, plate appearances. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. So. Mookie, yeah, this stat's from, like, five days ago, so it's probably ended now because I jinxed him. But Mookie had 128 regular season plate appearances without striking out. And that's dating back to September 12th of last year. That's, like, that is insane. The most insane part is the second longest streak is 48. Do you by any chance I really don't care that much, but do you know who it was? No, they didn't care to mention that <laughs> They just said yeah. second was 48. Yeah. The thing I love about Mookie is he shortens up a little bit, but with two strikes he's not, you know, just putting the ball in play, hitting weak grounders just to stay out of strikeouts. He's still doing damage with two strikes. He's a good two-strike hitter. And I don't know, he's just my – the guy. if I had to build a guy in the MLB right now, he might be the guy. Good wheels, a lot of pop great defensive player and doesn't strike out. You know how that bothers me, right? So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> We've had many conversations about strikeouts. <laughs> uh, well, uh, the last thing on really our random stories list is a troll job by the Reds to the Cubs, and I have not know nothing about it. Uh, so who Y'all didn't to... see this? No, I haven't. Oh, I haven't. my God, this was awesome. So the other night... The Reds were playing the Cubs, and the Reds were home. And there was not that many people in the crowd because it's Cincinnati yeah. on a Wednesday. <laughs> probably probably raining. <laughs> and so they start putting up pictures on the broadcast or, like, clips, and they'll put up taglines under it. And all the different things were just trolling. They would go up to Cubs fans like, Cubs fan for life since 2016. And <laughs> put up another fan or a guy wearing Cubs gear and says, thought the goat was the last mascot. Put up another one was like, White Sox fan in 2005. Oh, was, this is great. It was like six or seven different like clips of people. And it was like, men, women, old people, young people. And it's just people wearing Cubs stuff that were at the Reds game, and they just let them have it. It was the one of the best one of the best versions of people not knowing what is happening to them, 
while they're in the fans and they're on TV. I I feel I feel like a NFL team did that with, or somebody did that with like the Seahawks or yeah or, or Warriors or something like that. So I've seen I feel like I've seen that before, but that's amazing when teams do that. That's people should never get mad at that. Like that's funny. No, absolutely. Uh, but speaking of the Reds, I do want to bring something up. I don't know if I've brought it up on the podcast. I, I feel like I haven't, but it's from last year when the Reds were awful. I mean, they still kind of are, but. They were they lost 16-0 to a team, and on Twitter, there <laughs> you every team posts a recap story probably of the game. So instead of just saying like dropped the game 16-0, here's the recap. They decided to try to put a positive spin on it, and they said Reds draw four walks in 16 nothing loss. Yeah. Recap, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> oh, I was like, "Damn, you guys just just take the L." <laughs> Try and make the best out of nothing, man. Like, you gotta respect. That, that um, makes it seem like they got no hit too. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, we lost sixteen zero, but dude, we got on. We we got walked four times, which isn't even that big of a number." And Mike, yeah. how dare you say they suck? They're ten and nine this year. Half okay. a game behind the Cubs. Okay, the Phillies last year were above five hundred at like the sixty game mark. So hey, you said they still do. We'll yeah, what's his new favorite yet, saying? Yet to be seen. <laughs> you guys haven't heard this saying, but it's water levels out and trust me. We're looking at the standings all upset. Don't worry, folks. The twins are falling apart. They're eight and ten now. They're coming back to work. They're coming well, back down. Well, Bean didn't like that either. Bean was barking because of me. Uh, but <laughs> I I forgot what I was gonna say. I was probably gonna make fun of the Reds one more time. But uh, now to a loaded segment of stats of we like to say stat of the week, but we have like stat of the week, stat of the week. Stat we of the got week. a stat of the week. Uh, we got we got stats of the week from the last two weeks. I want to say uh, this one's from a while ago. Remember when? Because uh, I know we play beat the streak now, which I've won two weeks in a row. No big deal. But uh, 15 cycles at Coors Field, um, and the next highest is literally half that, and it's been only around for 20 years. I yeah. think that's insane. Yeah. It's because, uh, what's his name, Myers did it, and I know Woods picked him in streak. Yeah, absolutely love uh, Will Myers, but it is crazy how the ball travels in that stadium. I know that they've gone trying to change a bunch of stuff, whether they the one year where they had the humidifier and they kept all the baseballs in the humidifier to try and take out some of the carry that would come from the ball. It's just crazy how you get one in the air there and it feels like it's going to go out. I'm sure that that probably is the lowest percentage of fly balls caught because the ball just flies around that stadium. Yeah, it's a pitcher's nightmare. Like, There's so many pitchers that come out and they say that they hate playing there and like they don't sleep much the night before their start because they just know that they're going to get rocked even if their game is on. But yeah, on that note, Ryan, I have to give Greg Holland props in that he's 9 for 9 this season and save opportunities for the Rockies, which is not easy to do. That is, that's actually an incredible feat. There. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because like, you sign up to be a pitcher 
in mile high, and uh, <laughs> you kind of know what you're getting. You kind of. Well, the thing with him is, if they can't make contact, then they can't hit a home run. True. Yep. It's like that meme where the 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 black guy's like pointing to his head, and he's like, "If they do this, they can't do this." And I don't know if you've seen that meme. It's circled around the Twitterverse. Um, but next, <coughs> next stat of the week. So this goes along with tonight's game because the stat of the week that I'm about to point out, the guy hit a grand slam against his former team, and that's Daniel Murphy. Since leaving the Mets, he's played 22 games against the Mets. He has a 400 batting average with 8 home runs and 25 RBIs, and it also feels like most of the damage is done at uh, – at City Field, which is great. Well, this is the thing. Yeah, he literally still has a locker at City Field because he still kind of owns them. Um, it's hilarious, actually. I love it because, you know, we signed him on the cheap for three years and uh, people said, hey, oh, we got Neil Walker. Well, how is that working out for you? I mean, he's not bad, I'm not saying. But, um, yeah, I love it. He He just owns his former team. And if you type in Daniel Murphy... Google still thinks he's on the team because they haven't changed his picture out. <laughs> uh, Y'all just got to get him a good picture with the Nationals hat on. Yeah, I think I tweeted at uh, Google one time. I was like, hey, Google, we get it. Daniel Murphy owns the Mets, but can you put him in some Nats gear? Um, <clears throat> speaking of owning stuff, Kershaw at home, have you seen his stat? I mean, I know his stats are good, but th- this is actually ridiculous. Past 11 starts at home, 10-0, 10-and-0, 0, 0, 0.65, um, 96Ks to has six walks. That's good, right? Oh, that's just amazing. It's, it's, yeah, it's, that's just unreal. He's obviously the best pitcher in baseball. I mean, the thing that amazes me about him, too, is realistically, he's really just a two-pitch pitcher. He throws his fastball. He likes to throw it down the zone. He'll come up top sometimes just because he wants to show the ball coming at that trajectory only to break off a curveball that has filthy movement. It's insane that, you know, a guy who has two pitches is that effective. The Yankees are going through a bunch of problems with two-pitch pitchers in Pineda and Severino. So seeing a guy like Kershaw do it, you got to think that a lot of kids out there think that they can do be a two-pitch pitcher and be as well, effective. They just don't well, have Kershaw type of stuff. Doesn't Kershaw have a nasty slider too, or am I just making that up? He, it's good, but he just throw. I, I want to look up the stat. I think he throws it less than like five percent of the time. So I guess yeah, having his repertoire, but he doesn't show it too often. Well, that twelve-six is just uncanny. Um, don't know how he does it still. So. While we're on the topic of pitchers, let's talk about pitchers who rake. Oh. Everybody, everybody knows about Madison Bumgarner hitting yeah. home runs, but Jake Arrieta now has four triples in his career, and that's two more, so double any other active pitcher. So, who pretty rakes? good. He gets he gets, Speaking of that, I am in the process. I I hopefully maybe I don't know if I'll be able to do it for this one. I wanna if anytime we do pitchers who rake, I wanted to get a soundbite, and so what I did at work today is I YouTubed just, like, raking leaves. I just needed somebody, like, to say something for me to use. 
and there's a guy standing with a rake with a big pile of leaves behind him and he goes hi I'm gonna teach you how to rake leaves and I go oh my god this is amazing and I literally watched I think a minute of this and this this old guy maybe like 65 is teaching you how to rake leaves oh man the things you can find on the internet yeah it's a good find I was gonna say <laughs> I like the pitchers who rake segment but I'm bringing pitchers who do not rake right now the Yankees so a lot of them not- yeah, the Yankees had a great opportunity <laughs> yesterday against the Pirates. They ended up winning the game, but they were down 3 nothing at this point, and Jamison Talion, one of the best young pitchers in baseball, was absolutely dominating the Yankees. With two outs, they strung together two hits, and I'm sitting there like, let's go, getting all excited, not realizing that Pineda's on deck, and he has the worst at-bat I've ever seen. Looks at a fastball outside and swings it two curveballs in the dirt to strike out and end the inning. Well, I was going to say I didn't get to jab him, but you said pitchers who don't rake, and I was like, well, was that you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Best all-time hitter in club baseball history. (laughs) If you walk Uh, around ball singles. (laughs) It's like, just don't check the actual stats that we kept. But, yeah, I'm the best pitcher. Um, uh, Well, speaking of, you said pitchers who can't, from pitchers who rake to can't rake to K, uh, I don't know if you saw Dan Straley. Um, had 14 Ks and under 100 pitches. Only two other pitches have done that, and one was uh, Steven Strasburg in 2010 and then Javier Vasquez in 2003. And then I kind of thought about it. 14 Ks and under 100 pitches, that's pretty impressive. Well, if you do the math on that, it almost doesn't make sense how that's possible. Because... You have to have at least... If, if yeah. you're at 100% and you only pitch three pitches to those people... That's already 42% of your pitches. So just doing the math that you, you got to think out of those 14, at least a couple of them saw a one or two ball count. Then yeah. that's just insane to think. Like yeah. Swing and miss was half the, the name of the day. Yeah, literally when you think about it, like you just see it on paper, you're like 14 Ks under 100 pitches. Then when you actually really think about it, that, yeah, if you're at, like you said, you did the math at 42 because you have to throw it at least three times. Um, Yeah, the thing that's crazy to me, too, is when you think about Dan Straley's not really a strikeout pitcher, I think he had, you know, like 160 Ks in 190 innings or something like that last season. Really not a strikeout pitcher whatsoever. So the fact that he would do that, that's crazy. And he's on the Marlins, who we were not excited about. But they've had a hot start, so we'll see. They've got one of the most deciding outfields between Stanton to Suzuki to Yelich. Two olds, two youngs. It's kind of nice. Well, yeah, so that was a ridiculous game. This was a ridiculous catch. I had to look at it, and then StatCast, which is kind of cool. I feel like they've used StatCast a lot. Like, Is that like a new thing? I feel like they are using it a lot. Yeah, they have a partnership with MLB now, which is and ESPN, which is awesome because it gives you stuff that you wouldn't know otherwise. Um, but what, so what? What I saw was Odubel Herrera from the Phillies. So, um, Swanson hit a bolt with 104 exit velocity to right field. It was kind of slicing, and the hit probability according to Statcast was 73%. Herrera started running. 
covered 89 feet in 4.6 seconds, caught it in stride, and the catch probability was only 14%. So, uh, congrats to Odubo Herrera. You made a five-star catch according to StatCast, but it was actually ridiculous. He, he hauled ass uh, in the outfield to get there. But if you haven't seen it, you should. Uh, it's good outfield play. And but now for a new segment, which I added only this week, two minutes ago. But <laughs> it's fantasy MVP of the week and then fantasy advice for the upcoming week or upcoming weeks, depending on the situation. Uh, this is just going off what I saw this week. Mike or Ryan, feel free if you want to add anything. But obviously, threw this together last minute. We can clean it up next week. But our weekly, my weekly MVP is Freddie Freeman. Uh, the guy had a massive week. I think he had four home runs, batted about 450. Um, you know why he did that, right? No, why? He played the Nationals. He just, you know, goes off against them every time. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. And I put, well, I'm not happy about it. I played against <laughs> him in fantasy, which was tough. That's probably why I'm pointing out that he's fantasy MVP. And then a perspective pickup. For the future, if he's available in your leagues, is Ian Desmond, who Mike knows well. The guy has a lot of power and now signed with the Rockies, who we talk about a lot. That stadium is conducive for power hitters. He's expected back from the DL in early May. Right now, he, he's showing up as an outfielder in ESPN formats, but they said, uh, I think it, you have to play 10 games at a specific position, so he He's going to play first base for the Rockies, so after 10 games, he should uh, be first, ba- first base eligible as well. Well, it's kind of nice if he stays at outfield, honestly, yeah. because you got the open spots there where first yeah. base, like, that's where a lot of your power comes from. I know every fantasy league I'm in, I always try to keep my first baseman as my home run hitter and keep that spot open just for that stat. It's crazy his transition because he was a shortstop who had a lot of errors, but he has a cannon. Uh, of an arm, and then he's an outfield, so it, like he gets to use that cannon more, I guess, with less error uh, probability. And then uh, he goes to first base, which you know you don't use your arm as much as the other two positions. It's well, the thing that's interesting, and Mike, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of his errors when he was playing short for the Nats weren't they with his glove? I don't remember him having a ton of throwing errors, so it's weird to think they would move him back into the infield again. I guess they think first base, if he bobbles, well, he has more time to recover. I mean, I I would disagree. I don't know if we're each having selective memory, but I remember a lot of his uh, errors being, you know, overthrowing or just throwing a ball like 100 miles per hour into the dirt at first, and obviously that's a tough pick play for the first baseman. But, uh... Yeah, he just, you know, was. I thought he had a pretty decent glove. He just was always so anxious to get that thing to first base. Uh, but his his arm is almost too big for the infield. Yeah, I mean, Maybe. yeah, I would agree with that. It's it's a very explosive throw. But All right, and then to close it up, we uh, have a new segment. It's called Curtain Call, and basically, like Mike said earlier, we're doing. Uh, MLB beat the streak. We don't have a partnership with them yet. We're working on it. But <laughs> we would suggest all of our listeners who are baseball fans and into it, they should do beat the streak. It's a free app. You can download it on any app store. And it's essentially you have to get, I believe it's 56 uh, correct picks in a row, and you'll win $5.6 million. Essentially the goal is 
you can pick one to two players a day, and every player you pick has to get one hit. It sounds like it would be easy. It's a lot harder, but our segment is uh, whoever compiles in that week the longest streak or the highest streak at any point will get to close it out with anything that crosses their mind. And Mike's won both of the first two weeks, so. Hold on, yes. Mike, before you go. Oh, I was just about to get on the upper step of the dugout. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Give me one second. Have either of y'all ever not doubled down? No, I'm I'm a degenerate gambler, dude. If double I down. <laughs> a degenerate, right, listener, fr- degenerate free gambler. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm a degenerate brutal. free gambler. Actually, I'm really I've stayed off Bavada by the way, and I have 80 bucks in that account. So once I start touching that, it's bad news. Listeners, <laughs> listen to me. Take my advice. Double down every single night. You'll get to the 56 wins half as fast. And go ahead, then go ahead, Mike. If you get to 56, we always could use sponsors, so we'll gladly take some of that money off your hands. Ryan has done the funniest math recently. He said, very obvious, hey, he did. He hit four triples. That's double, so two. <laughs> <laughs> and then half. recently, he just did the 56 and half. You'll be there half it's the time. Half. Half. <laughs> I'm good with the halves. If you guys didn't know, divided by two means half. Um... Okay, curtain call. I'm standing up. I'm waving my hand. Um, so I have a random story I heard in, in the newsroom today, NFL Media. So this guy was from Ohio, and I guess he knew, you know, there's, I don't want to say professional softball leagues, or maybe there are, I don't know, like adult softball. You've all played it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Apparently on, like, the greater, uh, like, you know, in cities, like, smaller than Los Angeles, you'll still have, like, greater areas of, like, Cleveland or Akron, I guess. I guess in Ohio. Apparently there's softball Hall of Fames, but for like the adult softball leagues. I must be in one somewhere. That is my <laughs> dream, dude. I'm pushing for my Sunday softball league to start having gold gloves, silver slugger awards, hopefully MVP, stuff like that. Do you want a, uh, what do you call it? A, uh, what do you, a bust? Uh, a statue? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. just the head, full body. <laughs> No, no, we're just going to push for some kind of pose, like wind up in the stretch, like, I don't know, like swinging a no, bat. it's just going to be me, like, freshman year pointing at the camera, you know, <laughs> putting on a light show out there with ground ball singles. <laughs> okay, well, the more serious uh, curtain call topic I wanted to get to was, we texted about it, uh, C.B. Buckner. The ump in the Nationals Brave series deserves to be fired, and I'm not saying that as a homer who didn't like his call because we actually won the game. He's awful. He's been awful multiple times. I've seen him, um, uh, and I'm gonna out whoever just texted in the document. Ha ha ha! I'm not a homer. <laughs> Th- thanks, Woods. Um, no, I'm, I'm I'm really not. So if you didn't see it, he had a couple bad calls. The first one was a plate appearance with. Jason Worth, and he did not swing one time at bat and struck out. So, if you look at swing. if you look at the uh, pitch track, he threw strikes. If the zone moved about three feet to the right, that's if the guy was throwing strikes. So Jason Worth was pissed. And then when we did win the game, I forget who was up at bat. Uh, I think Darno was up at bat. He missed the ball by a foot. His end of the bat missed the ball by like a foot. He swung it, went in the dirt. C.B. Buckner said he heard a foul tip. So 
they had to keep playing the game in which the Nationals eventually won. But I know you guys have seen this. If you haven't, you need to look it up. It's some of the worst refereeing, umpiring, whatever you want to call it in sports I've seen. Well, also, didn't he make the call the next day that had to oh. be overturned? Oh, yeah. And by I forgot about... the other, another umpire where it bounced in front of the outfielder sliding for it and bounced like two feet in front of him. Yeah. And it bounced up and he caught it in the glove, <laughs> but he called it an out. Bryce Harper overturned. Hit... Yeah, Bryce Harper hit a single to center field. It bounced literally a foot in front of the guy. And C.B. Buckner, I guess he was at second. He uh, he called it out, and he had to get overruled. And when I heard that, I was like, how is this guy? He's, he's doing this on purpose at this point. Well, the like, craziest thing is I saw, like you're saying, like an article that was stating both. And then I got a video sent to me by one of my buddies, and it was Logan Morrison cursing out an umpire. And as I looked closer during the video, you can tell that it's C.B. Buckner. He was home plate umpire during the game during the uh, Rays game yesterday, and he called a fastball inside, and Logan Morrison was just freaking out on him. Like, loud. You could hear it on the coverage of the game. Well, it looked like Jason Worth was about to get into a fight with him after the... Like, the Nationals won. Like, they were going to the dugout, and Jason Worth came out to uh, confront him again. Like, he wanted a piece of him. So... Well, they do grades each year, and each year... CB grades as one of the worst and the lowest correct percentages of any umpire. So, to me, it's about time he finds a new job. But isn't that, like, when you see that kind of evidence, like, that bad of, like, you either need to get your eyes checked or you're just a dick. Like, I don't I don't understand. But He just needs to be fired. Find yeah. some new work. And that's the thing. In all sports, this is the thing for all sports, is that referees aren't reprimanded. Like, they're allowed to make these game-changing calls that could end up team season and they don't get anything but if a, if a player in a press conference says the refs suck they get fined $25,000 so that's my curtain call that was a solid topic for your first curtain call <sighs> and good luck next week I'll have my topic ready but oh I that is so that, cute I think that ends this one right uh, now I really hope that Ryan goes all year without a curtain call <laughs> oh, not likely. Oh. My streak is already too. Oh, God. Too bad it doesn't count till tomorrow. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that is it for this week. We are the Triple Play Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, which we just created. It's at Triple Play P. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan. That no, is, that's right. All lowercase. That, that is right. All lowercase. Um, Instagram. Oh, no, I already said that. Twitter is at Triple Play Pod. Exactly how it sounds. Triple play pod. Uh, and uh, follow us. Tell your friends to follow us. Um, if you are a company out there and you stumbled upon us, sponsor us. I don't know. But, uh, oh, and one thing I wanted to get off is that the hashtag list that we have with all the logos and the stupid hashtags like Welcome Back Baseball. I guess that was only for like the first week. Oh, they're gone. I actually went to the Mariners' Twitter. And they haven't used Welcome Back Baseball, I don't think, ever. Well, good, because that one sucks. That was bad. If I was the A's, though, I'd always say Rudin in Oakland and then tweet at the Raiders. Um, oh, troll jobs. Have fun in Las Vegas. Uh, okay, so any last words? See nope. you all next week. Next Sounds week? Sounds like a plan.
As long as we're not scheduling conflicts, that's when you'll see us. This will be up on Monday. Peace.